0: Did you remember your creator this morning? There's no better way to start it. I uh, was thinking this morning when I came up to the building, I just wanted to tell you young people that uh, you could be a lot of other places. You could be at a sports camp, a band camp, a UIL camp. You could be getting ready to go to the water park or whatever your entertainment is when you have spare time uh, you could be vegging out in front of the TV this morning or sleeping but you decide to be here and uh, the fact that you are here, all of you are here uh, is very edifying and and builds us up to see that. The subject material this morning is uh, taken from what uh, you guys said that y'all are challenged with. And we as adults are challenged with these same things, so don't feel like it's just you. And uh, some of these subjects are difficult at times, but uh, the word gives us the answer. It gives us a solution to these things. You know, I taught a class for a while and it was called cognitive intervention, and uh, this class was uh, designed to change the way people think. Um, not that I knew that I knew it all. I don't know it all now, but <clears throat> when I started out this class, I would tell the individuals that were in there to sit down and write what the meaning of integrity was. What does that mean? And it really surprised me that out of uh, almost 400 people, there was only one, one piece of paper that had anything close to it. And uh, the piece of paper said it's, I do what I do in private, the same things I would do in front of my grandmother. So, he got pretty close to that. Uh, But we want to talk about integrity, the undivided Christian. Proverbs 2 and 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk upright. He is a shield. What's a shield used for? It's used to defend. It's used to protect us. Now, the definition of uh, integrity in the Hebrew that's translated in the Bible, I'm not going to try to pronounce these words. You would get a laugh out of that. But Simplicity, soundness, completeness, upright, perfection. In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's translated, it's the meaning of the words incorruptibility, soundness, purity. Webster's defines it as wholeness of person, to be undivided, the state of being whole. But I want you to notice something, because in our country, the definition of integrity has changed. It's taken a 180. And uh, the definition today, in most cases, is integrity requires that a person only perform the action that squares with his inner values. Now, if our inner values are not good, what, what's our idea of integrity? It changes, you see. There's no constant. It's, it depends on the situation. And, and this class I was telling you about, <clears throat> when we got to discussing integrity, most of these fellows kind of looked like, You're crazy. You're crazy. Integrity to them is a weakness. Because they can't change to fit the situation. They can't change their morals. In other words, you can't go to a person who is a good person and put on an act that you're good to relate with them and then go to your friends and participate in the things that are not right. You see, you can't shift. And that was a weakness to them. <clears throat> Lenin said... A lie told often enough becomes a truth. Now this guy right here was one of the early founders of communism. And he based his philosophy on manipulating people on this simple thing. A lie told often enough becomes a truth. That's not true. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is a lie told often enough to the masses becomes a deception that they think is truth. Moral relativism. My truth is not yours. Moral relativism is the view that ethical standards, morality, and positions of right and wrong are culturally based and therefore subject to a person's individual choice. There is no standard, absolute standard for truth. There's no absolute truth that tells you right from wrong. Depending on your taste, your attitudes uh, about things, your desires, that becomes your truth. Everybody has a truth inside themselves. That's that's what this says. A famous Hindu philosopher said, listen to your own self. If you listen to that self within, then you you find the truth. This guy never knew me. Because me by myself, there is no truth in me. I'll tell you that right now. But the Word says, Jeremiah 17 and 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Word says. According to the world, there is no absolute truth. Each person has their own truth. You make your own truth. You are the commander of yourself. You don't have to serve Satan and you don't have to serve God. That's what the world says. The Word says in John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now I had a discussion with a dear uh, family member of mine who uh, used to be a very conservative person, and an event happened in his life that switched his moral compass 180. It was like night and day. We stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning studying the Bible. His one particular problem in the Bible, well, actually he had two. The lesser of the two was that he didn't see why women could not speak in the assembly. But his biggest problem was homosexuality, okay? And the reason his biggest problem was homosexuality is because his eldest son decided because he was taught at a school that that was a viable form, alternative behavior, that he would do that. It switched his whole moral compass, okay? Okay? And we studied the Bible, and he said, Well, I believe most of it, but I don't believe believe these two things. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ said, I will lead you, the Spirit will lead you into all truth. All truth. And there are churches that teach 70% of the truth, 85% of the truth. Let me ask you something. If I told you, A bunch, uh, bunch of you guys know Sean Zebak, right? Okay? I want you to think about a guy or, or an older uh, person uh, in the church that you respect and you think that they, they're an example to follow. Think about that person if you don't know Sean. What if I told you that Sean's a preacher of the word? He devotes a lot of time of his to, to spreading the gospel. He works with people. He cares for his family. He has three kids. He has a loving wife. He worked cattle. (laughs) You know. And then what if I told you that Sean Zeebock has got a gallon of whiskey buried out in the backyard and on Friday nights he goes out there and gets rip-roaring drunk and goes to town. What did I just turn my story of Sean Zeebock into? When I told you 90% of the truth and 10% lie. It turned it into a lie. <clears throat> Judges 17 and 6. In those days there was no king in Israel. But every man did what. That which was right in his own eyes. Now I want you to think. About this country. That was founded. On many principles of the Bible. The house. The house used to have a motive of the Old Testament, uh, the parting of the waters, Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments. Congress used to be opened up with a prayer and a sermon before they even got started. And the prayer was, please let us guide these people according to your will. Okay? Today, these things are being taken down. And God is forbidden in public places when i was a kid and when your when your parents and grandparents were kids you know what happened when we went to school the first thing we did when everybody got there and the bell rang we said a prayer and then we said the pledge of allegiance try doing that today somebody's going to jail because praying to god in a public place so I would remind you why this country is the greatest country on earth at this moment. And it's done a lot of great things. Our bodies, our fleshly bodies, are citizens of this, of this country. But our spirit and our minds are not citizens of this country. We belong to a different place if we've obeyed the gospel. <clears throat> now we're going to talk about some morally acceptable things in America and some of these numbers are going to shock you. But I'm going to tell you what's even more shocking. These numbers reflect the total, the total thing. This is 2019. I'm talking about ages uh, 13 to 80. This represents the whole thing. These numbers are very, very, very much higher when you're talking about people that are 13 to 24. Okay? So... Seventy-one percent of people in America believe that having uh, intimate, physical contact, adultery, is morally acceptable. But the people that belong to you, good young people's group, are much elevated, okay? Now, peer pressure will tell you That's the thing to do. If you're chaste and you're a virgin, you are a freak. That's what it tells you, is it not? I told the young ladies in our study earlier this week, there was a girl, and she was a popular girl in school. She was uh, pretty, athletic. uh, She was kind to people. She came home bawling her head off. And uh, she was asked, what's wrong? You know what she said? My friends were laughing at me because I'm a virgin. That's what you guys face, okay? The peer pressure, the national attitude, the media that says that all this stuff is right, okay? The risk that we get from this, of course, you guys know this. Pregnancy, unwanted pregnancy, unwed, Disease, virus, reputation. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Kind of a contradiction. When a group of young people laugh at a girl because uh, she has chosen to be, uh, to maintain her purity, and then when she gives in, her reputation is destroyed. Don't you see, though? I mean, there's, it's, uh, it makes no sense. <clears throat> and that's the nature of, of, of Satan chaos. That's the nature of it. <clears throat> the loss of innocence. Now, you know, when you do things, it's here, it's in your mind, okay? And while we can be forgiven of those things, we still have that memory, okay? And that, that creates a challenge. That creates another hurdle in our life that we have to carry, we have to overcome that shouldn't be there. Something you might not have thought about having unwed sex makes a person a thief. It makes a person a thief. Because that person is stealing from God first and foremost. And secondly, he's stealing from his husband or his wife in the future. Hebrews 13 and 4, God's standard says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. Marriage is a honorable thing. And the bed undefiled. I'm going to tell you something. Physical relationships between a man and a wife is a blessed thing. It's a thing that should be taken joy in because it's ordained by God. 1 Corinthians 7 and 4 The wife hath not power of her own body but the husband likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body but the wife. Defraud. You know what defraud means? It means stealing. Defraud ye not one another except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and some Come together again. That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Having sex before marriage is stealing from God and from your future spouse. Fifty-two point five percent. This is 2019. Think that pornography is all right. the lowest poll I saw on this was not very much lower. But <clears throat> we're the U.S. is the number one consumer of this in the world. We make up 4.4% 4, 4, 4. of the total population of the world. We consume 40% of this. Okay? This country does that. We spend over $12 billion a year on pornography. 64% of the people in your age group. Actively seek this stuff out. Okay. Those numbers. Are saying. Over six. of Ten of you. Actively seek this out. I don't believe that. Because you're Christian young people. But I'm going to tell you something. Six out of ten. That gets your attention. Okay. And I know that some of us have seen that. We have. The risk of this stuff is that when people view it, they oftentimes have to view it more. And they have to become more wicked and seek more depraved things to feed this appetite. There's a risk of addiction. Do you know that this stuff activates the same chemicals in your brain that dope does? The same stuff. It's addictive. Loss of innocence. You still have the memory. Look, when a a young lady or man is hooked on this stuff and they beat it with God's help because that's the only way to beat it and you beat it And years down the line, months or years down the line, you see an image that's not even perverted, but it's related, it it triggers a memory that brings that vision back up in front of your face. Or you hear a sound that triggers these things. You see, it's just another hurdle to overcome. And again, simply by looking at an image and lusting on that image and rendering your members as instruments of unrighteousness. We're stealing from God and we're stealing from our future wives and husbands. We become thieves. God's standard in Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't render yourself to this. Don't be a servant of it. Don't defile your mind. Don't defile your body. 1 John 2 and 15 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We talked about pride earlier this week. It will destroy you. Pride will not stand in the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you something. lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes is right there with it. It is it. Imprisoned by lust. We work with a lot of people that are our brothers and sisters in Christ. A lot of people in the body of Christ that have fallen to this temptation. And I'm going to give you one example. Just one. Okay? A young man, very talented, very knowledgeable about the word. Okay, he started dabbling in this stuff because he thought that he had been good so much. Well, I'm entitled to a little bit. I'm, I'm going to live a little bit. See what this is about. Satisfy my curiosity. So he dabbled in it. Had to have a little bit more. He's got a wife, young wife, young couple, newly married. So he starts hiding this stuff from his wife. You know why he's hiding it from him? Because he's ashamed of it. You know why he's ashamed of it? Because he's stealing from her. that young lady goes to church by herself now while that young man sits at home in misery in front of a computer screen. Proverbs 7 and 25. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her path, for she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Many strong men have been slain by her. I'm going to tell you something else. Many strong women have been slain by him. <clears throat> Homosexuality, 63% of Americans say that's morally acceptable. This is taught in schools as a viable alternative to what God intended. Okay? You guys know this. Entertainment. Entertainment present this as a viable alternative. Matter of fact, more so. More than an alternative. Than what God ordained. Okay? This stuff is addictive. And these people that, in, that are involved in this have an elevated risk of drug addiction, of serious mental disorders, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And of course they kill each other or kill themselves more often. Why do you think that is? Sin destroys. It kills. God's standard. Romans one and twenty four. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped ser- and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now I want you to listen to this. For this cause gave them gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which was against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves, receiving in themselves that recompense of their own error, which was meat. I've got an individual that calls me occasionally this individual is just like the other guys telling you about he used to stand up here and lead songs he used to help uh, wait on the Lord's table he used to lead prayer I love the guy I love the guy he'll call me up and most often he's been drinking or smoking dope or something Okay. His inhibitions have been, uh, you know, cut loose. This individual has been practicing homosexuality for over 20 years, okay? A bunch of the guys that you know that are evangelists and deacons in the church used to room with him in college. He'll call me up occasionally and he'll, st- he'll want to talk about God. And he wanna, wants to know, wants to talk about heaven. And if he can go to heaven doing what he's doing. Balling at the same time. Tortured. Abortion, 42% of Americans say that that's morally acceptable. There are between 879,001 million babies aborted every year. Every year. Now you think about that. You think about the size of Lubbock, okay, or a big city that you know of. If you take Lubbock, five times the population of Lubbock is exterminated every year. Every year. And this is morally acceptable. 35% of all babies in New York City every year die. Romans 13 and 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. We are told over and over in the Bible that the murder, the unjust taking of life is wrong. It's a sin. Murderers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yet this is morally acceptable. Weed 67 percent, alcohol 80 percent, okay? Now these numbers are going up exponentially every year. And many states ratify, state after state is ratifying weed. We go to states that this is legal. Some of you, some of you guys are from states that this is legal, just recently. And I'm going to tell you something else. Texas is not far behind. Believe it or not, it's not far behind, okay? Just because America and the laws of America say it's lawful for you to partake in this, God is not okay with the laws of America that say that. His law is not in agreement, okay? Now, 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So, hear this question all the time. Okay, Can you tell me if me grabbing a beer or a wine cooler or whatever and going to my closet or going out to the shop and enjoying it is a sin? Can you tell me that? That's what I'm asked. No, I can't tell you that. But I want to ask, where's the line? Because you don't know where the line is between sober and inebriated. And if you were able to pinpoint the line, the line's going to move. Move. How are we going to resist the devil if we are not in our right minds? How can we do it? Because I'm going to tell you something. When a lie becomes a truth, when it's said often enough, a drunk person will believe it. A high person will believe it. I know, I've seen it. They deceive themselves and they deceive each other. <clears throat> so, when a person asks, is it okay to have a beer? Is it okay to go smoke an e cig or a cigarette? Or is it okay to go get a tattoo? I've got to wonder. Are we looking for the lowest common denominator? The lowest qualification to be approved of God? Do we just want to barely get over that line? Is that what we're looking for? Are we looking to enjoy these things for a season and still make it to heaven? Is that that our desire when we do this? First Corinthians, chapter nine and twenty-four. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate; he is disciplined. We are disciplined when we run this race. In all things, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So when I get up in the morning and the world says that it's uh, popular and it's uh, uh, I will get attention for uh, putting on tight clothes now y'all don't want to see me in tight clothes okay? but I'm talking about you young people who have youthful bodies the thing in style make them tight Make them short. It's sexy. It's popular. When when, when we adhere to that. Do we have God in mind when we're doing that? Are we striving for excellence? Are we striving for the prize when we do that? When we seek that attention and we most definitely tempt other people by our appearance? Are we striving for excellence? Or are we just trying to make it? Just trying to get by with what we can get by. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be conformed to God, not the world. Because when we're conformed to the world, we lose our our connection, you see? It goes back to that same old principle. The lie that is told that we can walk that line between good and evil. Or maybe not that. Maybe we walk on the side of good, but we're right up against that edge, right up against it. And when we've been good for so long, we've been around our Christian friends for so long, we've sharpened each other, as iron sharpeneth iron, we edify each other, and we're built up, and man, we're on fire, and we're walking right on that line, and man, I've been good. And you get back home, and there them friends are, and bam, I think I'm due I think I'll do just a little bit. There we are. Pride. Conforming to the world. <clears throat> there is no integrity. Man cannot have integrity by himself. And the world is absolutely without integrity. A man cannot achieve integrity by himself. But when we have Jesus Christ, we have integrity. And what I mean by that is this. I don't have this all figured out, okay? I still sin. I still do. But I don't live in it, okay? Being perfect and having integrity doesn't mean you don't stumble. It means when you stumble, you get right back up. You get right back up and you conform to Jesus Christ because he's the perfect example. Perfect in temptation. You know, there's a, there's a misconception about what Jesus went through a lot of times. A lot of people think that he was just tempted in the, by the devil in that short period that he was in the wilderness. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus endured every temptation that we endure. As a human, and he resisted and he overcame with the Word of God. He fulfilled the law, and he was the perfect sacrifice. If you have him, you have integrity. If you are walking with him, he is your integrity. Why are we to have integrity? Because we're commanded. Matthew 5 and 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. What does that word mean? Does it mean without sin? Yeah, Jesus grants that. He covers your sin. But I'm going to tell you something. Perfect means you're complete. You're finished. 1 Peter 3 and 9. We are to love life and see good days. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. If you want to see good days, it's time to have Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something, this is the best life on the earth. The best life. Those other things may seem fun, but it only lasts that long. And it ends in in destruction. This right here is the best life on earth. Because you're not going to find a place, the body of Christ, that has more peace, more love, more joy. You're not going to find it on this earth. To be upheld. Psalms 41 and 11. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me, And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. You guys, some of you guys have seen dark days. You have. And my heart's with you. I'm going to tell you something. Your brothers and sisters, Christ's heart is with you. But more importantly... God is with you because you have integrity. He will uphold us in times of trial, in times of darkness, because times of darkness are coming. They're coming. Do you want to see God? If we don't have integrity, we're not going to see God. You know, we sing that song, it's, it gets stuck in my head a lot. Days of Elijah. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. I'm going to tell you something, someday Jesus is coming back. And every single one of us, are going. we're going to be there to see that. If we've gone on, we're rising to see it. If we're still here, we're going to see him coming. And one of two things is going to happen. We're going to say, Rocks and mountains, please fall on us and hide us from his righteousness. Or we're going to say, Behold, he comes. Now, I don't know if we're going to be physically able to do that. We may be shocked. We may be in awe. I'm sure we will be. But the attitude in the heart Of behold, He comes. Here comes my King. Here comes my Savior. Thank you, God. That day's coming. Matthew 5 and 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who have integrity because of the blood of Christ and because they walk the walk with Christ will see God. Can you imagine I don't think our imagination can do it justice being standing there in front of Jesus Christ just to be able to kneel down and touch his feet please get out your songbooks I don't know your heart God does He knows it and uh, it is a very challenging thing it's a very uh, humbling thing to come forward for help if you've never obeyed the gospel and you know right from wrong and you know what sin is you have no integrity integrity You have none. We are not capable of it by ourselves. We need to take care of that today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. If you are dabbling in these things that we talked about, I'm going to tell you something. I know what shame is. I know what shame is. And I know what guilt is. God when a person humbles himself and asks for forgiveness and asks for the prayers of his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ will take away that guilt he will take it away and he will grant you your integrity back and you can look forward Saying, Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. Please come forward as we stand and sing.